This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Alana Inquirer podcast. It's Jeremy Warner live in College Park. We're Derek Piper back in Champaign. Derek, Illinois actually came to Maryland and got a victory. Uh, the first time ever in Big Ten play. The first time Brad Underwood has ever gotten a win at Maryland. 85-80. to 80. And wouldn't you know it, they didn't just exercise that demon. They also got rid of those late game woes and outscored a team in the final five minutes to close out a Big Ten road victory. They're now 4-3 and three in the Big Ten on the road, Purdue, the only other Big Ten team with a winning record, and that's why Illinois is in second place in the Big Ten, one-and-a-half game lead over Wisconsin. We'll dive into all of that. We'll dive into a huge game from Terrence Shannon uh, and everything else. But, Derek, did you believe this day would come, <laughs> that they could actually crack the Terps here? I did because I predicted it. Um, it was a tough one as far as finding a side and the three keys in the pick, but I, I went with Illinois. I thought that they – just the better team and would find a way late and that some defensive adjustments would be made, which we saw a little bit of that, a little bit of uh, not at times too, but uh, Terrence Shannon makes a huge difference where he's not involved in the, the game of champagne and you have him down the stretch. Obviously he's really getting to a rhythm offensively and saw what he did in the open floor. I love that we, t- we talked about late game stuff with Illinois offensively here recently and getting Terrence downhill is a, a great remedy for that. So he made some big plays. I thought Marcus Damas was really gritty and, and productive. You saw what he did on the glass in this game. And, uh, man, you were there. It, it looked like a physical bloodbath of a game on TV, I can tell you that. Got called a lot tighter down the stretch. But uh, anytime you can get a, a road win, that was the last one on the checklist for Browderwood in the Big Ten. And it took a while, but he finally got it. Yeah, this was a little more amped up than I thought it would be. I thought it would be a close game, but Maryland fans showed up, man. I mean, we watched on Wednesday when it was Iowa that came in town and they came back and won that game. There was barely anybody here. Like, it felt yeah. like there was 5,000 people here. I don't know if it was sold out, but it, it felt like 16,000 were at least here. And they got amped up in the game and felt like a little bit like the Breslin Center uh, a week ago. But unlike that one, Illinois able to close it out. I think 
Michigan State's a better team, but Maryland's got good players, man. Jameer Young and Julian Reese are low. Dante Scott came back, had another good game against Illinois. But uh, they, they made some stops in the each. You got some big rebounds, I think, late in that game too, Derek. Um, but I, I thought the story of the game was Terrence Shannon. He wasn't there the first game. You could feel his presence in the second game. Gets 12 fouls drawn, Derek. 12, that's Kofi Coburn type numbers right there. 14 of 16 at the free throw line. I know six of them came late, but he made all of those. Uh, and you talk about fast break points, 19 to two for Illinois tonight. I'm going to look through some of the numbers now. Didn't have enough time to, to before we got on here, but he is asserting himself now. Like he, he feels back to what we saw at Missouri. Feels like it took a month and a half to get there, obviously missing the six games and took like six games to get there. But the last three games, 86 points from Terrence Shannon. The efficiency is going up a little bit. I thought he settled a few times for some of those crossover threes when he could have kept attacking and kept drawing fouls. Just keep doing that because they can't handle you. But um, Brad Underwood told me after the game, I was able to ask Brad a couple questions uh, by myself in, in, in the, the tunnel here. And he said Terrence, the first couple games, was kind of feeling his way back. Didn't want to overstep, it felt like. Uh, but he is now asserting himself. He's the he's the guy in the huddle. And he kept saying, defensively, he's making as big, big of an impact as anything. And I know Jameer Young had 28 points. I don't know how many of those. Maybe we can get Isaac Trotter to go back and see how many were actually on Terrence Shannon. Felt like under half of that. Because uh, when the switching happened, that's when Jameer kind of cooked. Terrence had four blocks, I think, all on Jameer Young. And Jameer was, what, 8 of 23, I think, tonight from the field. That's a lot different than what he was at, at Illinois. No doubt. Yeah, I felt like Terrence did a really, really good job on Young. Like you said, was able to cook against the line and some of that drop coverage and also when he got the switches. So he was really impactful. I think that he is now settling in, obviously, to, to both ends of the floor and it just looks a little, a little bit more – of that aggressiveness, that alpha dog uh, mentality. Both Brad ends, really. used those words. Just to back you up, Brad used those words. Like he is now – he's now taking over as the guy. kind of like the alpha dog. So I just want to back that up. Right, yeah. And that's what we were really looking for him to fully embrace going into the year, which, of course, he did, and then to take those reins back. So uh, for Illinois in late-game possessions to put the ball in his hands and uh, design a way to get him downhill uh, and, I guess, switch on to Dante Scott. He takes him to the rim for an and one. Uh, it was just those type of things. And, and we talk about, I mean, I know that a lot of the narrative in the Big Ten, for good reason, Zach Eady draws like the most fouls in the nation and obviously the most in the Big Ten. And he's a low, he's like a cheat code when he gets it inside. When you give Terrence Shannon an open floor and a head of steam, like it it's almost seems as unstoppable as Zach Eady in the post. And, you know, this, this is a guy that can draw fouls at that high of a rate when he's going downhill. So uh, that was one of those games where, it's a, a pretty good battle for most of it. And at the end, Illinois got the stops they needed on Jameer Young. I think he only scores four points in the final five minutes, two of those on that very late yeah. layup with three seconds left. And then Shannon, of course, made some some bigger plays. So Illinois had the ultimate star of the game on their side, and that was the difference. Derek, over the last two games, and they're Terrence Shannon's two best games since returning, Illinois has outscored its opponents 41-10 to 10 on the fast break. I mean, that's almost all Terrence Shannon. Coleman had a couple of those, right? Uh, had some some good ones. I thought Marcus really pushed the pace well. And when he saw a matchup, he saw Jamie Kaiser in front of him. He's like, I'm going. Uh, and he've had a couple big ones. And Justin Harmon came up with some big laps. Everybody of those four, all those four that got in double digits, all made some big buckets uh, late in the game. Um, but uh, I, I thought Terrence Shannon was definitely a story. 
can I can I bring up one thing about the closing? Illinois, I thought they got some good rebounds, forced some tough shots at the end. You know, some of those points Maryland got at the end, Illinois was just going to give them up because they just want to give up some time and you know they don't want to foul anybody and stop the clock. Uh, what the heck was Kevin Willard doing not fouling up f- down four with 40 seconds left and just letting 25 seconds come off the clock? That made no sense. If I'm a Maryland fan, I'm furious about that. Extend the game. Look what was happening. You were still making shots and finding a way to score to keep it within one possession. You just ran out of time. Yeah, and Benetti and Hummel were killing him for that Good. on the broadcast. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't make sense. And you have to, like you said, extend the game. And Maryland's not a team that – can make threes in, in a crunch time scenario to, to flip it like that. So I don't know. I know that Illinois shot the free throw well throughout the game. So you don't want to concede free points, but when you're down two possessions with that little time, you have to at least put them on the line and hope they miss. That was a head scratching decision for sure. I mean, at least force the ball to Ty Rogers and roll the dice, right? Like f- find a way to get the ball out of Damascus and Shannon's hands and, and Hawkins. That's another thing 32 of 36 in the free throw line there. Doing the math in my head, that's what ninety percent, um, or around eighty-eight point eight percent, I believe. That'll do. That'll do. I mean, we're worried about this team as, as a free throw shooting team. They keep hitting free throws uh, in the clutch. The one guy I'm kind of nervous about in the clutch is, is Luke Goody and some of those free throws, which tells you something. Ty Rogers made two, I think, in the second half, um, you know, late in the game. So uh, kudos to them. They're, they're making those free throws, and it looked at a, looked like an older team. But what else did you notice during the five final? five final minutes that really allowed Illinois to close out a game after they've had all these late game issues. Yeah. I think that it was able to make some things tougher on, on young late. Like the fact that he wasn't able to get some of those open space type of opportunities. And he settled for a couple of times. I know they, that Hummel said that he thought that took a couple of jump shots that maybe he didn't need to take early in the shot clock or could have drove it a little bit more. Uh, and then I think Illinois' trapping of Julian Reese did a good job of kind of nullifying that out of – when you look back late against Maryland and Champaign, that's what Maryland really wanted to go to was throw the ball on the block and and really play out of that. So uh, with Illinois' ability and, and showing it very clearly early on, hey, we're going to we're gonna send a double for the most part uh, at Julian Reese that you, you can't use this as a way to, to get him in, at the free throw line because – both teams really in the bonus for a long stretch of time. Julian Reese is top 10 in the country in free throw rate. I know he had a good game, but uh, just limiting those chances that he could get those fouls. At times, there were their dump-offs to him or offensive glass opportunities. And, and kind of on that note, I think Illinois, although they gave up, I think 13 <clears> – <throat> excuse me, choked me up here. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting emotional about it. 13 offensive rebounds. Uh, the, they were able to get some – some more of those down the stretch to, to just get the stops and go. I thought that a really key, key play, though, it kind of switched. That it really kind of was a game changer was that Hawkins saves the ball and Damask just contests. It was, a, it was a good contest. It wasn't anything maybe like just extraordinary in terms of a block or anything, but just being in a good position, not fouling, disciplined, and then Harmon making the skip back. <clears throat> No, it was it, no, it was such a good play. I would be choked up too. Like I, I, I thought that was the biggest swing of the game. Like there were a couple swings here and there. This game went back and forth, but that contest by Marcus to force a miss by Jameer Young changed the game. Like they were about to take the lead or tie, would have tied the game, um, and it just felt like the crowd would have been in it. And to turn that, Justin Harmon pushes it up, gets it to Coleman Hawkins for that dunk and one, and he finishes. Uh, it would have been a lead for Maryland. 
Yeah. I, I don't know if Illinois comes back from that. So those little plays and these defensive mm-hmm. plays, these stops that just weren't there at Michigan State, weren't there against Nebraska, those are the things you need. only thing, like, defensively, I thought they were forcing some tougher things. Like, Brad Underwood finally, finally went to the blitzing, the ball screens, getting the ball out of Jameer Young's hands, forcing other guys to shoot. And, you know, a couple of guys made, Kaiser made one, Dante Scott made a few threes, and kudos to him. As long as you can test them, I'm fine with it. Uh, but you finally started to double Julian Reese at times, too. And I thought that changed the game at the end of the first half and into the second half. Uh, they they did a little bit more man-to-man the rest of the way, uh, not getting into rotations and things like that. But to be honest with you, Derek, I love when they play that way. I love when they're aggressive. Maybe it leads to some fouling, and maybe that's what led to fouling. Fouling was the biggest issue for me today, and, and they did call it both ways uh, at the very end. But I like Illinois getting aggressive with Coleman Hawkins. I, I do not like him sitting back and drop, and I asked him <laughs> about that, about getting aggressive, and I asked him if he likes being that, and he goes, yeah, I really don't like being center fielder. I don't like being the free safety and, and doing those things. I like being more aggressive. Um, you know, it's harder to do that when guys can't shoot or they don't shoot and they just dump dump it off. I think he's worried about giving some of those things. But I just take, think it takes the aggressiveness out of Coleman. I didn't think he was very good defensively in the first 10 minutes. I, I thought he was just soft a little bit around the rim mm-hmm. and it just didn't feel like he was engaged as much when, when they get aggressive with him he gets super engaged and he said that like he said i get a little lazy when, when i'm playing center fielder back there so i thought that was great honesty as we always get from coleman hawkins but i just think he loves playing that way and if i'm brad underwood i got one of the best defensive weapons in the big 10 i want to employ that a little bit more I, I, what do you think I'm 100% on that, and I, I we've talked about it in recent weeks, just seeing him that far and drop just seems so counterintuitive to his strengths. Like as a He's not very good at it. <laughs> yeah, he's not good at it, and, and it's hard. It's it's different for a guy that's a converted stretch four into a five now to sit back there and, and try to make those, which he's got really good anticipation, but it feels like when you play that deep and drop, you kind of bake in the fact that, that center probably has mobility issues. You probably, it's like Kofi or Dane are going to automatically play that because they have to, they can't get yeah. out and show on a ball handler or uh, be farther out to, to then recover and whatnot. So uh, when they blitz young, I, finally that at that point later in the first half, it felt like Jameer Young was for the first time uncomfortable in the game. Like he, he throws it into the backcourt for a backcourt violation. No one ends up going on an 11-2 run. And just being able, even though if you don't have to do it every time, because there were a couple instances where you put two on Young, you roll Reese, and then Reese is down low against Damask, and uh, he was able to get a couple buckets that way. But I think that with Coleman having the ability to pick out certain times to, to blitz and recover, to blitz and stay on and trap, that allows him with his. We know how active his hands are, how much, yeah. how rangy he is, how lengthy he is. He's got an ability to really do that. So I, I think Illinois has just on the whole been pretty conservative defensively. They don't want to put their team in rotations. They don't want to force too much help defense. But I think that there are guys out there that can obviously do more in a different, a different style. Yeah, and again, now that you got Terrence back, you got somebody who can do that contest from behind a little bit better. But I just think Coleman's got to get up a little bit if he's going to do that drop coverage. I just he said it. He's more engaged, I think, when when he's aggressive defensively. It just feels like he doesn't trust his sink and fill help 
when when he's got somebody like Reese and he's worried about giving up points, but then he also just doesn't go up because he's scared of fouling. And bringing that up, Alani Bubba says, you do risk foul trouble for Coleman when you play that way. It's risky, he says, and I like it. It is a little bit. I'm not, But I think you and I are saying, you don't got to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. I just think you should go to it more often when somebody like Jameer or somebody like Julian is really hurting you. I mean, if you get boo-booey again in the Big Ten tournament, I want to see that a little bit more. If you get a really good guard in the NCAA tournament, I want to see that a little bit quicker uh, and a little bit more often than, than we've seen. But I like that Brad went to it tonight. So that was a step in the right direction. Took a little longer, admittedly. Uh, they came out right away and doubled Reese. So I like that. that yes. As soon as he got the ball in his hands, Terrence came over there and trapped him. We were able to swat it out of his hands uh, a time or two, which was good. Uh, but, yeah, as far as the ball, ball screen stuff, which hurt Illinois through a good portion of the first half, of Young being able to get in that a 10 to 12 feet range and even at times go all the way to the rim. It just having Coleman there as a as a potential trap guy, as a potential just give that ball handler just a thought you might come out or that maybe I shouldn't pull from here. That was what was lacking on that maybe the dagger three from Boo Booey in that overtime. And and Evanston was Harmon goes under a screen and, and Bowie just comes off with a clean look and Coleman's playing like 10 to 12 feet away. He's not even in the play. So yeah. him waiting there for Matthew Nicholson, is, it's it's own, it's own a different story. I, I just fully didn't agree with it. Uh, but with Coleman out there, you at least have a thought of, hey, you know, he might get a hand in my face. He might get his – he might come all the way up on me. So it just gives more that the ball handler has to digest and think about and read. Get his hands into those uh, the pockets, right? That's where he does pretty well in exactly. uh, as well. Uh, we got almost 350 people in the live YouTube right now. Appreciate all your support. Hit the like button if you would. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell as well. Uh, we'll get you some. Your- saw meat choking, not Illinois. So uh, enjoy <laughs> right. that, guys. Well done. Well done. <laughs> uh, we'll get to some of your questions here coming up uh, and what's ahead for Illinois. But first, here's a little bit of Brad Underwood in his post-game press conference. Uh, really, really good college basketball game. Um, great atmosphere, great crowd, 18,000. Um, everything that, uh, you know, you don't, you can't forget that uh, even though Kevin's, Kevin's, you know, they got off to a tough start. This is a really good basketball team that uh, uh, was picked at the top of our league and uh, had two first-team all-league players. And, and so uh, they that team, as Kevin's done an unbelievable job, and that team responded in a in a really positive way, and, and their young kids are, are uh, continuing to grow. So uh, really proud of our group. Um, great environment, great um, – had to make plays. Had to make winning plays. I thought the play Marcus DeMoss made late uh, when he didn't foul. Um, then, uh, then it was the you know the outlet pass to, to Justin to Coleman and and uh, you know it was a big momentum play in the game. But uh, I thought the job Terrence Shannon Jr. did uh, late defensively. That's the Terrence Shannon that we we know and love uh, on the defensive side. Four blocks. Um, you know, Jameer got his. We knew he was going to take close to 25 shots. Um, and I, you know, he, he makes eight of them. Um, and I thought we just did a, Terrence did a great job on him late. And, uh, and then Marcus uh, on the glass. I thought Ty's performance was spectacular, plus 20, uh, and plus minus in minutes on the court. And um, uh, not as big a game for Coleman. Um, in terms of scoring the basketball, but uh, you know he had a stretch there in the, in the middle of the second half that I thought was huge. So 
All in all, really pleased. Uh, finally nice, I can check this one off. The only place I hadn't won uh, was here. Um, and it uh, feels, feels good to be able to do that. So. How good do you think Brad Underwood felt after that? Derek? Pretty darn good. Yeah, I'm sure he still remembers the Anthony Cowan 28-footer, 30-footer that was a crusher. And they just had some some really tough defeats to Maryland, even in their home building, like during the COVID year, having them stroll in there and beat them and during a little bit of a, a lull where they lost back-to-back -back at home. And then uh, even obviously earlier this year too. So uh, a team that for the most part, especially on the road, they ended a lot of those streaks. Like they went you know, beeline had beat them forever. And then they finally obviously have Michigan's number. Uh, they hadn't won at Mackey in a long time, at Cole Center in a long time. And they they crossed a lot of those off the list in, in 2020, uh, 1920 and also uh, 20 and 21. But to finally get one in Maryland, I mean, it's it's the last one standing. And it's a, it's a, it's a good building, especially when they believe in their team. But uh, – Feels like yeah, a little I, bit of a rivalry, to be honest with you. Yeah, like two, two similar institutions yeah. uh, in the fact that they're basketball schools with proud histories. You know, they had lefty Druzel uh, passed away here in the last 24 hours, and they honored him tonight. It was a really – Really cool moment, um, and they showed up, man. They had the 2004 ACC champion team, the 1984 ACC champion team. Seems like they get those reunions when Illinois comes out, um, but it's it's very two similar fan bases that they care more about basketball probably than their football programs. Their football programs are up and down, but um, DMV is a lot like Chicago. They have to recruit those two. Willard maybe to a fault has recruited DMV really, really heavily, but – because uh, their entire roster, I think, is from Maryland, basically. Uh, but it's kind of become kind of a fun back and forth. Maybe not enough fun for Illinois, but that, that's what makes this one a little bit more tasty for Illinois. Definitely. Yeah. They seem, like you said, to get up for Illinois, whatever that is. <laughs> if it's just a – I don't know if it's coincidence or it, it probably is a compliment for Illinois, like, position themselves in the Big Ten pecking order here in recent years. But, yeah, I think that it is a team, like you said, that or just a program that is similar. Uh, there's something course, more to it. There's something more right. to it. Like, you know, Iowa, there's something more to it. Michigan right. lately, there's been something more to it. It's yes. been just curb stopping for Illinois most of these times. But those programs feel like there's something more to it. Uh, like Maryland, I think, is up there for me. Like, who else are you putting up there? Like Indiana, I know it's always Indiana and certain Illinois fans, especially ones that were here in the 80s, probably have a think of that rivalry a little bit more. Northwestern, there's always going to be a little bit more to it, maybe more on Northwestern side. But, you know, that's been a competitive series. Northwestern's only won two of the last 12, I think. But I'd put Maryland up there. has got some of that. Some of that. Yeah, they've just kind of owned Illinois here recently, yeah. right? <laughs> and I just don't think they think of Illinois that way. Probably I think not. Illinois probably thinks of it that way. All right, um, any, anything else you want to get to with the players here? Marcus Damas, 19 points, 12 rebounds, third double-double of the season. Uh, got after it on the glass. Brett Underwood noted that Terrence Shannon did not. Only one rebound for him, but he's chasing Jameer most of the night. Quincy Garrier only one rebound tonight. Did hit a couple shots, hit some free throws. Um, Ty Rogers, I feel like he can be better defensively. Derek Coleman Hawkins, good overall night. Justin Harmon, huge off the bench, 10 points. I thought he was, compared to Rogers, compared to, Obviously, Luke Goody really struggled defensively again. I thought Justin Harmon brought more defensively than all those guys. So anything else you want to hit on with those guys? Yeah, DeMass to take the shots that he did. Uh, the one below the eye and then getting bumped over under the chin as well. Like he, 
he looked a like shiner. a boxer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and you had, you had the picture on your Twitter. So make sure you check that out. But uh, just a really tough, hard nosed outing from him and, and someone that just the, if you take, when you take a step back and think about what he's doing this year, I know that there have been plenty of moments to do so. Joey Wagner, our guy, had a, a great feature on him, by the way, earlier Phenomenal this week. Phenomenal story. Yeah. But, a double double on the road, and you mentioned rebounding. Like I, he got called out by Brad. I don't know if he talked about it in the presser, but definitely on the bench in the last game against Michigan, where Illinois was giving up some of those loose balls. I think Damascus only had two rebounds, and in his outing earlier this week to respond with twelve is a big deal, and just to make some of those plays around the basket, like you said, hunting out when he sees Kaiser finishing through contact. A lot of guys don't. You know, Jameer might check him at some point because that's just. Illinois ball handler, and they're not used to facing guys with that kind of size. So um, it's awesome what Marcus is doing. Uh, I think Coleman was better in the second half. Uh, I, th- I agree with you. I think that his his uh, start to the game, especially defensively, was kind of lost in ball screen and and got caught swatting at times. That uh, got called for fouls. Tried to flop on a, a Julian Reese back down too. Didn't like that. Uh, and then Harmon. Can, can I give you a step before you get to Harmon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can use this for player grades if you'd like. The last three defensive rebounds by Illinois were Marcus Damask. Nice. Some some clutch. Uh, Jameer Young miss, Marcus Damask rebound. Jameer Young miss, Marcus Damask rebound. Um, and obviously Terrence Shannon's playing a role in this as well. Sean Harris-Smith misses that three. Those are the shots he went on the force. And Marcus Damask rebound. So some huge boards for him. Late. Like I, I was thinking about like some of those offensive rebounds. Maryland had 14 of them tonight. They didn't happen late in the game. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that Justin Justin had moments where you're like, man, he's not he's not doing all that much. Can you could you get better? Would you even consider DGL? Although I I know you wouldn't because DGL's efficiency is not there and defensively fouls too much. But then he has a knack for making tough buckets late in games and Justin uh, Army, do, yeah. Yeah. Uh Justin's got an ability there on the floater game and had a big finish over Jameer Young uh down the stretch in those closing minutes and you see why he's out there late uh, with Brad as far as the trust value there too. So um, I still like playing Ty, uh, especially I want to give him the nod, you know, at times down the stretch because he's making free throws now. And and I think he's he's such an asset as a rebounder. But yeah, he played the made- final 540. So I'm oh, a big fan of that. I'm a big fan go. of Ty Rogers in the game. Like made some free throws uh, and just gives you some toughness defensively. I, I still think Ty can be better defensively though there. He needs to be. He, he has, you know, Luke Goody is, is limited. It, athletically is limited. And there's only, you know, the only, he gotta, he's gotta be able to finish some plays as far as rebounds, but you catch him in space. Like when Jameer had it cooking and then it's like, Oh, he's got Goody on a switch. Like this is, this is not going to go well. Uh, yeah. Marcus at times guarding some quicker guards, but Ty has everything athletically you'd think that you'd want defensively. He just gets hung up on screens or just isn't anticipating and in the right positioning. I think Quincy needs to be better defensively too. It's just, he notably did not play a lot Fighting it. Yeah. Yeah, Quincy notably was – what did he play in the second half? Eight minutes? Yeah. In the second – I – there was an there was an offensive rebound opportunity that it was like a probably like a 60-40 ball in favor of Maryland. I don't think he wanted to foul, but Brad Underwood was not happy that Quincy just didn't go all out for it. And this, those are the things you're not seeing enough from him. And I think it's things you saw at Oregon a little bit at times. Just you know, is he you know Terrence? You see, is engaged, right? Like he is he is ramped up. Justin Harmon tonight had that look, and Domask 
I thought had that look. He just Quincy just hasn't had that here recently. Like Luke always has it. It's just like you said, he's he's a little bit limited. I don't know if Quincy's changing too many diapers or what. Um, maybe I'm just thinking too much about my own life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can to, sympathize right now. Yeah, a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he's just – I think he's out of position or just he's lunging too much defensively. But the, it's the energy. I mean, Brad talked about it going into this game. Is Some of what was better about Quincy against Michigan is because he actually had a little bit more of that that pop, that, that grit to him. Uh, at, when he's at his best, he can be just an animal on the glass and, and a really physical guy and – one rebound in 20 minutes, Ooh. he's going to hear about that. Yeah, 100%. And maybe it's part of – he did have inconsistency. You look at some of what people, when they went through his body of work at Oregon, was like, okay, he could pop up and have a game of 20, 20 and, and you know put up some boards, and they're just, just kind of duds mixed in there. And it seemed like he was evolved here at Illinois where he was putting up double-doubles five in a seven-game stretch when you look in January – now, I'm not saying he's completely off the tracks, but he's got to pick it up as this thing goes later down into the, the crunch time of the season. All right, Derek, I'll let you get away here. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break. We'll hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll take some people's questions. If you want to get your questions in, Super Chats, we'll take those. 400 people live streaming with us. We appreciate you. Hit that like button uh, while you are here. Um, but, uh, Derek, one thing I wanted to bring up, Michigan right now is leading Michigan State 48-45. Uh, to 45. I do want to mention here, uh, Illinois, game and a half lead now for second place. Two and a half, or two, I believe, for for that double bye uh, over Michigan State and Northwestern. So if Michigan State falls down, all of a sudden you're getting another half game back over them. Uh, they are positioning themselves well for the Big Ten tournament. I, I still think chasing Purdue, chasing them down is going to be very, very difficult. But uh, getting to a, another winning season in the Big Ten is is going to happen. If they're 10-4 and four, uh, and they're setting themselves up really well here, uh, for a top two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, we'll see if this is another one of those Michigan first half leads they let slip away, or they yeah. did, you know, recently knock off Wisconsin uh, in that building. They're a different team, of course, with Doug McDaniel going, and this is a rivalry. So uh, we'll have to tune in and see what that looks like in the second half. But this is a difference maker. This is the type of game that sets the difference where you're establishing yourself as that clear cut number two or Iowa loses on the road, or I should say Iowa takes care of business against Wisconsin, who is really in a slide of, of losing. What is it? Five of six now. Yes. And they they've taken a couple L's uh, on the road. And when you look at some of these teams, even, you know, Northwestern losing at the rack, that's where it helps where you can get wins where other people maybe didn't that, that Rutgers win looks better now. You, of course, hope to go into Iowa at, in the regular season finale and be able to get that thing done. Yep. But just the consistency on the road, which, of course, has been a, a big characteristic of Brad's teams outside of last year in yep. recent recent seasons where they finished in the upper tier of the league, that's what allows you to to be a double-buy type of team, a team that has a nice seed in March because you can go on the road and get those wins. And that's what his team's been able to do, and they're doing it again this year. Speaking of Big Ten uh, tournament, Maryland right now would be the 11 seed. That's wow. crazy. If they would have won tonight, they would have been like the eight or nine game. Um, it's hard to believe right now for, for that team. I thought they would be really, really good. All right, let's hear from one of our great sponsors, and we'll get to all your questions. There's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. So wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals from Factor delivered right to your door. 
You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and my favorite guys, Protein Plus. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The great part about Factor, they're two-minute meals. So you fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals. They're ready to heat and eat wherever you are. Plus, they have snacks, smoothies, and more, so you can discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And we've done the math. Sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com all right, Derek Piper, let's get some of these questions. Uh, Paul asks, are you happy with the minutes the bench as a whole is getting? Uh, I did have this as my don't overlook at one point that, you know, Luke Goody looked like he was going for double digit, under double digit minutes. He finished over that, but not a lot of minutes for him tonight. Dane Danger 2 1 uh, for Amani Hansberry. I was happy he was able to check in. He had, I talked to one of his family members before the game, had 40 family and friends here. So nice that he at least got to, to check into the game. Uh, late in that first half as Coleman had a couple fouls, but this was a six-man rotation. Yeah, Goody finished with only nine minutes. Um, so six players all had, what, the other 187, 188 minutes on this team. 
This is what happens come late in the season for the most part. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I can't sit here and argue for more Luke Goody minutes the way that he's been playing recently. Uh, I know that he's capable of more. Like he's got a chance when he's making threes and making hustle plays that he can obviously help you. But of late, just has been more of a liability at the defensive end. And uh, that's really shown itself. So uh, Maryland being a bigger team, uh, if you want to play him at the four, then you're you're dealing with Dante Scott. You're dealing with some of those those big physical guys. We just saw him struggle with Malik Hall. So uh, I can't at, right now advocate for more Luke Goody minutes. Uh, I think that if – Maybe Amani, against Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wisconsin. Uh, I think that had Amani not gotten hurt, it would have been nice to see or interesting to see if maybe he would have earned a little bit more of a steady role. I'm not saying he's a for sure double-digit minutes per game guy, but maybe he would have overtaken Dane. Uh, at this point, I think that they went to Amani because he gives you more of that that mobility. When they were starting to blitz Jameer, they wanted that Amani to come in for Coleman. I feel like because of his ability to to move and not give up all that open space. But of course, then you you feed it into Reese, and he's got a size advantage on Amani too. Yeah. So uh, as for the guys that didn't, you know, I'm not going to argue for Dane to to play too much more. And then Nico and, and Dre, they've got their they've got. <laughs> A lot the of question is, and whatnot, so. yeah, the question is, Derek, who are you taking out? Like, exactly. I know you don't want to play Terrence Shannon 39 minutes every game, but tonight you had to play Terrence Shannon 39 minutes. Marcus Damask, you don't want to play him 38 minutes every night, but tonight you wanted to. Coleman Hawkins, 37 minutes. Like, Coleman, every game, they are so much better when he is on the court. And I know Ty got a plus 20. I, I don't know if he played as well as the plus minus showed him tonight, but you know, Luke Goody's on the court. They're a minus 11 tonight. Quincy, even when he was on the court, they're a minus three tonight. Small sample size plus minus isn't everything. I'll always say that. But sometimes it does show a little bit of something. And I just think the top six guys are are so much better right now than everybody else. And Luke Goody's a, just had a bad matchup tonight. So I still think he can give you 10 to 20 minutes in, in some big games. We've seen it from Luke. But tonight against Maryland, Michigan State, those are just not very good matchups when you got a Malik Hall or a Dante Scott uh, at the four. And Michigan, I think it was just more about Brad saying, we're all in on defense in this game and let's get our bite back, which I don't know if it completely carried over to tonight. The fouling I still think was the biggest issue for Illinois tonight, but um, I, I still am not bought into this defense completely. I'm not either. No, I think that, I mean, they can out to do what they did offensively. They can outscore people to do what they did against a team that was number five in the country in defensive efficiency. That's pretty good. And to do it, Derek, well, going five of 20 from three. They started yeah. the game four for seven. They finished one for 13. Like, to do it when you don't shoot well, Brad Underwood loves that stuff. Yes, that's a big difference for sure. And I, I think that definitely, I mean, when you have Ty playing with Justin late, you are thinking, too, about trying to get as many stops as you can. And just, I, I wouldn't sacrifice, um, yes, like you said, when you think about work workload and you don't want guys wearing down late, we just had to do what you had to do to, to win a basketball game. And sometimes, you know, maybe you're, although they're, they're tricky, Penn State, but maybe you are taking care of business against them and you can get some more of that bench in there, what what have you, at home when you set back up camp against an Iowa team or, or whatnot. But, yeah, we talked about depth of this, this squad going into the year a lot. It just hasn't played out that way uh, in terms of this being something they really lean into and they don't, they don't need to do it based on what these starters can log. And I think that's just the way that it usually goes. Like you were saying late in the season, when you're playing crunch time games that 
you just ride with your main guys and and that's what you got to do all right greg asks is shannon getting harassed less on the road now it seems like it especially since the northwestern game i can tell you that is not uh, that. <laughs> the yeah. truth uh, being at Michigan State, being at Maryland, um, the chants are the same. It's no means no. And I know some people don't like me tweeting that those things are happening, but I think it's important because, one, I'm a reporter and it's happening. Uh, and I think it's important for people to know. Uh, and it's part of the story of Terrence Shannon right now because he's playing through it and he's playing well through it. I mean, he played really well against Michigan State, had some closing game issues, maybe some shots he liked back, uh, but he's played through it. Uh, and and I'm not trying to make him out to be a sympathetic figure. All that stuff has to go through. But it is showing something about Terrence Shannon, the basketball player in front of six NBA scouts tonight, that through that, he continues to play well, continues to hit free throws. Um, so, no, it is not becoming any easier. And I, I think with Iowa, I think with Wisconsin uh, coming up here, it's, it's not, not going to be any different uh, going on the road here. Like, you know, once it gets to the NCAA tournament, it might be actually a little bit easier because it's a, a split crowd, neutral crowd, more Illini fans there. Uh, but, man, like these true road environments, you, you got to fight through some of that stuff, and, and he has here recently. Right, and I, I can't speak too much because I haven't been on the road a ton of late. I was at that Northwestern game uh, and obviously know that it was – it was it was very clear to hear, although you can hear it on the broadcast. I mean, you can hear the no means no. You can hear the lock them up, that type of stuff. You heard it in this game. Um, and, and there's State like some well. individual stuff that we can hear here where uh might be a little bit more cutting, um, stuff like that. But you know, I don't know if he can hear all of those things, but how could you not? Uh, if I can hear it from the media row, I'm sure he can hear it on, on the court. Um, I, I will say the Maryland PA announcer really tried tonight, just like the Northwestern. Um, unlike at Northwestern, when he did try to say, hey, be respectful, sportsmanship, all that, he got booed mercilessly uh, as, as they were trying to do that. I, I think these other Big Ten teams are trying to do right by their peer uh, at Illinois, but you can't control that on the road, man, and he's going to face it the rest of the year. Right, and, and like you said, it is something that he's obviously had to handle. Um all the the noise that's come with it really with in the arenas on social media if he's even you know checking those or whatnot even though i know he's he's popped up and and liked some things i don't think he's tweeted but uh you know just it seems inevitable that you're going to run into the outside noise and obviously then there's of course just the everything in motion that's been going on behind the scenes for him and uh in court and everything so to, to absorb all of that and then to, to find yourself again as he looks to have done. I, it's been needed for him. It's been needed for the team and uh, for Illinois to go where they thought they could go beforehand. It's It had to happen. And there were times, admittedly, where I've won. I, I, he's too talented to not play well. Like, I did he, would he be the same utterly dominant player? I wondered if, if that sure. was just something that maybe the mental side or just getting thrown out of rhythm or whatnot would – would derail him just even if it was within the margins, it was slight, it was just a difference. But he, I think he's now pro proven here recently that maybe he is going to get back to that same guy. And um, he, yeah, he's had to handle a lot to get there too. Yeah. And I can just tell you, it's kind of previewing my column. Like I think Brad Underwood thinks he's there. I think Brad Underwood thinks he's back um, to, to being Maryland or Missouri level, Terrence Shannon, all American level, Terrence Shannon. Uh, speaking of that, he had a little, I don't know what you call it, a kerfuffle, uh, a yeah. discussion kind of weird with Kevin Willard. Kind of high on him when he first came in. Uh, 
I don't know. I'm just starting to doubt some of those things a little bit. Uh, but Greg says that sideline incident between TJ and the Maryland coach team Dodd. Why didn't they call a technical on the coach? Because he clearly got in the way. Uh, it was clearly out of bounds. I mean, he was, the ball was definitely out of bounds. And I don't think he should have caught it. I thought that was really strange. And I don't know what was said back and forth. But they were certainly saying some stuff uh, back and forth to each other. But it's kind of a weird moment. If I'm an Illini fan, I'm probably happy that Terrence didn't leap into the third row on that one, save his body a little bit for the rest of the game. Yeah, he was going to have to extend himself out of balance to, to try to save it. So it wasn't just some kind of egregious, like he's standing. What was it? Shaka Smart, who was in a defensive stance, like near the three point line or something like that. How many uh, technicals would be called every game if uh, they actually called the coaches out of the coach's box? I mean, Shaka is the worst of them, it feels like. He is, he's bad. He's really bad. Um, I, I think that it, you could have made an argument that it could have been attacked just by taking a ball away that Shannon could have made a play for. But like you said, it it would have likely him just having to throw it back in bounds and just see what happens. But I thought it was interesting at first. It looked like the exchanging of words maybe wasn't that friendly. And then it, it kind of seemed at the end that they were smiling at each other or saying two definite competitors. That's for sure. Those two. Yeah. Yeah. Willard's intense, man. I, I still like him. I don't know what the heck has happened other than they can't shoot this year. Um, but yeah, I think that he did a really good job last year. He's an intense guy. He kind of looks kind of looks like John Gross, obviously. I think a little bit more edge to him. Um, and it was just a really interesting exchange. It seemed adversarial maybe at first, but then it was like, all right, I think maybe we're good. Uh, I got one more. Uh, AD Sports Geek. How massive a jump from Meyer to Damask in that sidekick to TSJ role. Wow. I would also say Coleman Hawkins has had a huge glow up. This yes. year, uh, so that is very, very helpful. I think Justin Harmon, uh, Quincy Gary Hay certainly up the supporting cast. So I don't want to throw Matthew Meyer on the bus, who without him, you do not make the NCAA tournament. It's just different because Matthew is very volatile because there are certain nights it could look like Texas where he carries you, it could look like Wisconsin where he carries you to a win, wins that meant a lot for this team. And then there are other nights he would just take the entire team out of the offense. And it just it it made for bad on court chemistry at the at the very least. Um Marcus, everything is within the offense. He runs the offense. He is the offense for the most part. Uh, and allows Terrence and Coleman to get these good looks, everyone else to get the good looks. And just he's so consistent, man. Like right now. You got to think about all Big Ten first team. Like Zach Eady's a no brainer. Boo Booey, Jameer Young, no brainers. I think Terrence is in there for me. Marcus Damask is, is going to be in that conversation, right? Like, um, you know, going through some of these guys, AJ Store, like, I think I'd rather have Marcus Damask right now, to be honest with you. I think, I think he's a better player, uh, potentially, especially during Big Ten play, the Illinois playing. So it is amazing. Um, somebody else said, uh, Kev Bart said, what was the mass doing this time last year? What a come up. He was dominating the Missouri Valley, but now he's dominating the Big Ten. That's uh, that's saying a lot and would have been a lot different. I, I thought he'd be a really nice, steady, complimentary piece, which he's been that and more, obviously. Uh, I think with Meyer, I, when he's shooting it well, he was a, a big asset for you. Just when you ran stuff through and for Matthew Meyer, there was one result. It was a shot going up. And it was a probably it was a jump shot for the most part. He didn't get to the rim a whole lot. Uh, I do. There were times where he showed good energy, rebounded the ball, and he had his moments defensively, but also some moments where he looked like a crazy person saying he was 
the best defender was it ever. I don't know what the heck. What the heck? Oh, that he was fun to cover, man. He was, he was fun. fun. To cover. I, mean, I think people thought he was entertaining, like even like the guys around him on a daily basis. Damask, I think, is just more that connecting piece. Like you can run. Guys like, Bonville. Yeah, right. You can <laughs> run stuff through him. He can make other guys better. He can pass. He can make reads. He can. He's Matthew Meyer. I don't know how many double teams he was drawing last year. Marcus yeah. Damask draws a lot of. And his booty ball action, extra attention, setting other guys up. And then I, I think that Marcus is just – maybe it's not, like, intentional for Matthew Meyer, like, being kind of solely focused. He even talked about – he didn't really want to be a leader. He just yep. was very focused on his own game and and trying to play the best he could. I think Marcus is more that, that team guy that – I think that that chemistry is just more seamless. But Coleman being different is obviously a huge part of it too. Yeah, and I think Quincy, even through the struggles, like those guys love him. He he's here to do one thing, and that's to win. He could have gone somewhere and got shots up, right? Um, but he he came here to be a complimentary piece. Uh, and, and Justin Harmon, I asked him after the game, is it different? Like here at Utah Valley, getting probably about fifteen to twenty shots a game, uh, and and you're used to making those shots because you have to make those shots all the time. Like to come up and make those shots in huge clutch moments, like he has throughout the season. Uh, when you're not getting your shots, if he had six shots tonight and two of them were just hugely clutch uh, down the last, what, 15 minutes of the game, um, that's huge. And, and these guys talked about it tonight. Like, they're here to do one thing, and that's to, that's to cut some nets. And we'll, we'll see if they're able to do that. But um, I did say all Big Ten team, I, I didn't talk about Tyson Walker. Tyson Walker's probably ahead of Marcus Damask right now, but Damask is in that top six, seven, eight for me uh, when you make that vote. And I think Coleman Hawkins is certainly in my top 10. So anything else you got Derek? before we get out of here? No, man. How are the museums? Good. Uh, I did some artsy stuff, which I'm not an artsy guy and kind of realized that going through them, which are the national art gallery, which is cool to see. There's cool. I like the photojournalism stuff they had uh, in there. I uh, went to the portrait gallery today, which is really cool. A lot of the presents and stuff like that. And then, uh, Yesterday, I went to the National African American Museum. That was really well done. So every time I try to come here, I try to check off one, but I got three here in the previous 24 hours. So Perfect. Uh, got got some stuff done, but it was good. Uh, and now, Derek, um, man, Illinois, four and three on the road. It's huge uh, in the Big Ten here. Uh, but to to be it, they're one win away from another 20-win season. I, I always like to zoom out and say, like, this is a really good era. Illinois. I know they got to do things in the NCAA tournament. I say all the time, but go on the road at Penn State, home against Iowa, home against Minnesota. They can really start stacking some wins here. And I don't know how many of those really improve your resume, but every win helps your resume. Every win helps you maybe climb up those seed lines. And a three seed is possible for this team. And, and hey, if they beat Purdue, maybe even more than that is possible. There's a chance with if they can continue to get better get a little bit better defensively they're good enough offensively that this team can do some damage for sure yeah and don't take for granted how many times you watch the current bracket picture and you're one of the top four seeds like you're you're one of the the four seeds out there potential like you said to jump into the three situation it's it's a good place to be it's a good place to live um it's and, a lot better than calling up Brad Evans every year and being like, hey, what do they need to do to make the tournament over the last three weeks? Yeah, You're going to the final three weeks going, we're definitely a four or five seed. Like, can can they get to a three? Can they get to a two? Like, that's a good place to be as a program. 100%. And we've had years where 
you and I have covered this and they're done by now. Like they're just playing for pride or whatever uh, it, it might be. But uh, it's, it's, it's a situation where now you're, you're trying to pick the right path, the right matchup and, and see how that goes. Of course, you're trying to build your resume. This, as we talked about before we got into it, this what's current a five game stretch, these two and the three upcoming, not a lot of, although Maryland went into today being a quad one, they're probably going to fall out. I don't think they ultimately will be a quad one, but Maybe you can't just absolutely give a huge shot in your arm to your resume, but do what you have to do and then get in that final stretch where you can get some quad wins, quad one wins down the stretch. Yeah. But you uh, really like uh Maryland to win at Wisconsin. Just kind of bury the Badgers there. Wow, uh, you probably want Rutgers to beat Maryland, to be honest with you, because that Rutgers game could be a quad one win. Um, and then uh Maryland to win some games after that. They got Northwestern, Indiana, Penn State. So they can start to stack some wins. I don't know. Uh, they probably need some margins to kind of go up in that that quad system. Not that those are like the make or break of a resume, but certainly helps a resume if if those teams, uh, those road ones look a little bit better. But all right, uh, Derek, thank you to Haley for letting us borrow you for 50 minutes while you got the, the two youngins. I didn't uh, hear any crying in the background. So I think we, we might have got it out safe. Either that but, or they left the house. I don't know. But pass that on to Haley. We are very appreciative that we could uh, get an hour with Derek Piper. He'll have player grades uh, later on. I got a I got a column on Terrence Shannon. We'll have plenty of coverage. Coleman and Justin and Marcus all said some interesting things as well uh, to cover this Alana basketball team. So watch it all, see it all at alanainquire.com. You can see the post game press conferences on our YouTube channel as well. Give us a like. All the four hundred plus that are on here, we appreciate you guys supporting us. Give us a like. Hit the notifications bell subscribe to us. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Alana Inquirer podcast. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road, any road, the steeper the better. Because my all new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.